Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. This is the Unfiltered Entrepreneur. My name is Ashley Pollard. Here you will find business tips, entrepreneurial advice, and an honest account of mistakes I make along the way. I will also have some friends along for the ride who can add in their own experience, obstacles, and what we can all learn from each other. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely road, but not in my circle. We are all in this together. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard. And as always, we're going to start with a review that I'm reading for you. This is from T.C. Burton, and she says, The Unfiltered Entrepreneur podcast gives the no-fluff, to-the-point, ethical business info I have been waiting for. No more sleazy business strategies. No more vague, intangible information. Finally, a podcast that tells it like it is, cares about the ethics of running a business, and makes it a goal to be inclusive. That is so kind. Thank you so much. Please continue to review, rate, subscribe. Not only does that make me feel like I'm doing my job, but it also helps other people really feel validated that they're listening to the right podcast for them and that they can trust being here. So with all that said, I want to dive into today's topic. As you can tell from the title, it is called the anatomy of a pitch sequence. And you might be wondering what exactly that means. And the anatomy of a pitch sequence is where I'm going to lay out kind of the structure of the sequence of pitching, which I kind of just like regurgitated the title for you. (laughs) But generally what I want to do is I want to give you, if you're not in the Doers Club, if you're not joining the free 100 pitch challenge, which you're crazy, if you're not, go to www.teamap.consulting, go to the free section, sign up for the 100 pitch challenge. It's so good. But if you don't want to do any of those things, I want to at least lay out for you what a pitch process should look like. Because people will say, well, I reached out to 100 businesses and they didn't get back to me. That's not the point. You have to go through the full process. Almost nobody, hear that again, almost nobody is going to say yes because of the first email. It might take the second, the third, and in most cases, it takes the fourth. And it only really works the way, not only, there's many ways to do this. Never listen to anyone who says it only works one way. I like my way because it continues to work. I've been using this way. I was taught this way in corporate when I was 25 years old. So 10 years ago, it has been very, very, very successful for me. I've tweaked it along the way to make it my own. It continues to work for me. It continues to work for my clients. I have clients who I put through the 100 pitch challenge. They barely get to 30 and they're like, okay, I have six clients. Like I don't need to get to a hundred. And it's because you're doing things this way. If you have questions about your pitch challenge, join the doers club, come to office hours. We can talk through your pitch. You can actually copy and paste the pitch emails that you have into our Slack channel. I'll dissect it and rip it apart so that you have a perfect pitch custom to you and your goals. But if you want just for free, that's what I'm here for in the podcast. Let's get into it. The first thing I want to say before we get into the actual sequence is that you are not selling in a pitch. That is not the goal. You cannot go into a pitch thinking that you're selling yourself. And a lot of people are like, but I watch people on Shark Tank pitch themselves all the time. Okay, that's not an email, my guy, okay? It's a completely different situation. Pitching is not selling. It is saying, I'm opening the door so that we can have the conversation. If you'd like to walk through that door, let's get on a call and we can talk about details. 
So there's some things that I want you to consider that should not go in pitch emails. For instance, they should not read a pitch email and be able to say, yes, I'm interested, or no, I'm not. The pitch email should only allow them to say, okay, I'd like to hear more. I'm interested in those details. I wonder if she's the right fit for us. So what I don't want you to include in pitch emails are things like deliverables, pricing, timeline, who on the team they'd be working with, case studies, recent clients that you've closed. And all of these things, there's nuances, right? Like you can in some way, if you like, if you word it a certain way, some of these things are fine, but it's like, generally speaking, just cut out anything that makes them go, nope. The biggest one is price. The second biggest one is deliverables. You are not convincing anybody to sign up for your services in a pitch email. You are convincing them, if anything, to get on a call with you to learn more. So what I don't want to see is, hi guys, my name is Ashley Pollard. I run Dial Zero Marketing. I spent 10 years in the fashion industry working for brand, brand names like Prada, Rebecca Minkoff, Kendall and Kylie, Sam Edelman. I now support different massive brands like Shawnee Darden and Sephora, Brooke Shields, Bethany Frankel, da 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 And here's what I'd like to do for you. I notice that you guys need social media. We could do this for $5,000. These would be the deliverables. We could do this for $8,000. These would be the deliverables. Let me know when is a good time. There's so much that I hate about what I just fucking shared with you. First of all, it doesn't matter who you've worked with. It doesn't matter who you are working with. It doesn't matter what the price is. It doesn't matter what the deliverables are. All you really want to say to someone is, I love what you're doing. I feel like I have a solution. I'd love to tell you more about it. You want them to be excited. I've always, always, always said this, and I would say it till I'm blue in the face. Sales is dating. It is very similar to dating. And if we were on a dating app, do you think that I would want to open up an app and see somebody who says, hey, Ashley, I recently got out of a, you know, relationship. It lasted two and a half years. Her name was Hannah. It was great, but we broke up because there was some communication issues. And, you know, I've definitely learned from that a little bit. I'm going to therapy to kind of recover from that, but that's okay. I recently moved back to the area after spending 10 years in San Francisco. I worked for this biotech company where I started four years ago. It's great. My boss is kind of annoying. His name is Kyle. Didn't, do you, you get the point. I only want to know enough to find out if I'm going to go sit down across the table from you for 45 minutes to an hour. So you want to think about it from a perspective of like, they don't need to know your business story yet. They don't need to know your price. They don't need to know the service and what it entails. If they're interested, get them on a call. Because guess what? If you let them decide yes or no via email, they'll probably say no. And if you let them say yes or no on a call, they'll probably say yes. Because you're good. You know, you're good at what you do. You love what you do. You do have case studies you can tell them about. You do have results that you can tell them about. You want them to be excited about the opportunity. Leave a little bit more with emotion here. I saw what you were doing on social media. You're doing a great job, but the founder should not be running their social. I would love to take this off your plate. I have plenty of experience in this space. Even if you say no, even if now is not the right time, I'd love 10 to 15 minutes just to walk you through our business and what we do. So whether it's now that you say yes or in six months or a year, I would love for you at least to feel like you understand our business, the process, and ways that we support clients. That's a good pitch. A good pitch sounds like, I love what you're doing. I also feel that there's a way that I can help. I'd love to tell you what we do for active clients. 
I don't need a ton of your time. You don't need to say yes today. But when you do say yes, I want you to feel empowered to make the right decision. That is the pitch. I would verbatim like write some of that down to be completely honest. Now that's only email one. I don't anticipate you're going to get a lot of traction on email one. If you do, you killed it. If you didn't, that does not mean you did not kill it. Okay. But a lot of people just don't respond to email one. That's why we have three more emails to make four emails total. So email one is laying it out there. Hey, I saw what you're doing. I'd love to tell you how we could help. May not be now. It may be in the future, but I'd love to at least just have a conversation, build that business connection, and we could see where it goes. Boom. I'm talking like a paragraph. If you really want the subject line, it would be something like, you know, let's say it was Team AP, which we don't really pitch anymore because we could dive into that nuance another time. But Team AP Consulting X, you know, let's say I was pitching to, you know, Tarte Cosmetics. Team AP Consulting X, Tarte Cosmetics, social media opportunity. That's what I would probably say. Makes it very clear, my business, I want to talk to your business about this thing. That's what I do. And people are like, but people aren't opening up my subject, my email when it has that subject line. I don't care. Keep going. Somebody will. And then go back to that original person in three months when they've completely forgotten that you exist and try a new subject line. Now is not the time to get butt hurt. Now is not the time to take things personally. But how do I get them to open? You don't. You just go through a hundred of those and someone will open it. It is a numbers game, my friend. Okay? That's email one. Moving on to email two. This is what I call the bubble up. You simply take that first email, reply all, and you say, hi, no, I know you're super busy, so bubbling this up to the top of your inbox. I don't want one more word outside of that. That should be it. That should be the total kit and caboodle, okay? That's email two. It's just re at the top of the subject line with the subject line from the first email. Now, this is where I get the first emails, you know, quote unquote, the most work. And that was like a paragraph, okay? Email three, you just recycle the first email. You can copy and paste the first email. I would probably swap out a new intro paragraph. Maybe it says something like, really interested to see what we could do together. Again, not pressuring you to sign with us right away. I just want us to have that door open because you're the kind of client we'd love to support. And then you have the copy and paste email below it. Maybe this is where you try a new subject line. It might be like, let's talk business opportunities. You leave your business name. That's one way to do it. So that's email three. You recycle the first email. Now email four, you bubble it up again, but you walk away. Now, so here you're going to respond to the third email and you're going to say, hey, copy and pasting the original email here just so that you can come back to it. Now doesn't look like the right time. Assume they're not interested. But sometimes when you say that, they say, no, 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 no. Don't go anywhere. I want to talk to you. So you say, now it looks like now is not the right time. I'm sure you're busy. I'm sure you're slammed. I know that you guys are scaling really quickly. I'm super excited for you. I'm going to come back around in three months. If things change in the meantime, you know where to find me. And here's the trick. You better fucking follow up in three months because I guarantee you they might look back and take a look. I know I do. There are people that are like, I'll check back with you in two months to see if anything has changed. And then they'll check back with me and I'll look back and I'll be like, it's been seven months though. You had one promise that you have made to me so far and you already didn't follow through on it. That just hurts our trust. Now it might sound really small, but if you offered to follow up in two months, then do it. Now, at this point, you might experience one of, let's say three, there's plenty, but let, let's say one of three main responses. 
One response is, great, now's not a good time. That's a really good sign. That means I'm interested, you're correct, you're picking up on it, that we're way too busy to respond to this, but I do want to talk to you at some point. Still follow up in two months, let it lie. Don't respond, let it be. Another response that you might get might be, yeah, I don't, I don't know that we're really interested. Still follow up in two months. Things might have changed. They might have fired the person that they were working with. They might have shifted responsibilities a little bit. They might have gotten an investment. They may have made more sales. They may have made less sales. You have no idea, okay? Assume things change. The other response that you probably will get is crickets and assume that they're thinking, okay, love her, glad she's giving us some space. We're so busy. I can't wait for her to follow up in two months. You can assume that they're like, oh God, thank God she's done emailing me. She's so annoying. But you have no proof. You have no proof that they're annoyed. You have no proof that they're excited to talk to you. So you can sabotage your journey by making an assumption that they don't want to talk to you, or you can uplift your journey by assuming that they're really excited to talk to you in two months. Whichever one you rode or whichever road you choose is on you, my guy. But I would like that you always choose a road that's going to support your mental health and support your journey, which means being your best friend, being your biggest supporter, being your biggest cheerleader, knowing that this opportunity is something that can easily be yours if they fell in love with you the way that you fell in love with you. All in all, this comes down to four things. Email one, hey, I see that you have some opportunity. I would love to talk about it, even if now's not the right time. When are you free? Never, please God, never say, let me know when you're available. Don't give them homework. Never give them homework. Never, ever, ever give them homework. Let me know. No, they shouldn't let you know anything. Don't send them a form. Don't send them a calendar invite. Don't send them a scheduler. Don't say, let me know when you're free. No. Instead say, do you have 15 to 20 minutes sometime this week? I can make myself available. Or you could say, here are five times that I'm free if you'd like to select one. But I can make myself available if there's another time you're looking for. Those are the kinds of things that you should be saying. So in this pitch sequence, sell on the call. Pitch to get them on the call, which means show them enough that you can support them. That basically just comes down to, I think you have this need. I can solve that need. And you don't have to say yes today. That's basically all I want you to do. And then they get on the call. They fall in love with you. They hear that's where you go into case studies and pricing and deliverables and differences. And we could talk about that sales another time. There's plenty I've done on sales. You want to scroll back on the podcast. You want to go to the blog. There's so much stuff on sales that I have. You want to join the doers club and dive into the portal or the doers library and dive into the library. There's so much on sales that I have. But pitching, you want to get them on the call so that you can sell them on the call. They'll fall in love with you there. When people send me an email and they're like, do you want to do this thing for $2,500? No. All I see is I want you to pay me $2,500. All I see is, hey, here is a way I targeted you because I noticed that your business is doing well. How can I cash in on your money with this $2,500 option? Now, granted, maybe I'm taking it too personally. Maybe I'm being a little dramatic in the moment. I probably just delete the email if we're being totally honest. But if someone said, hey, Ash, you really have to consider this. I'd love to get on the phone to talk about it. You've piqued my interest. I'll get on a call. What's 20 minutes? And most people do think that way. Don't worry about annoying someone. You will annoy someone whether you like it or not. So wouldn't you rather be yourself and annoy someone who never would want to work with you 
or bend and contort yourself so that someone who doesn't naturally fit with you says yes. It's like pitch away. Don't pitch for yeses, pitch for noes. Get through a hundred noes as fast as possible. You will find yeses along the way. Be yourself. Don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. None of it is personal. Find people who generally potentially need your services. Offer your service to them. And the rest is history. Happy pitching. Hold up. Don't leave quite yet. The good just gets better. I know it might be expensive to hire me for my services, so I've created a free way for you to get all of my best for any question you have. Click the link in the show notes to drop us a voice note, and I promise you I will answer every single one of them on the podcast for free. This has been a Fast Forward production. To learn more about them, check out at the Women Are Speaking on Instagram for more information.